0: So I was feeling, um, I was feeling mildly confident, mildly, mildly confident about this talk before I arrived this morning. I arrived this morning and I met Josh. Josh very kindly said to me, it will be absolutely fine because we've heard everything you have to say before. (laughs) It'll just be a rehash of everything you said before because you have nothing new. And I'd like to, I mean, I have now mentioned his name and I'd just like to call him out on that, number one. But number two, I suspect that's probably right. So for any of you who know me, let's play Bob's bingo. Let's play Bob's bingo. If you hear something you've heard before, just, I don't know, raise a whoop or something exciting. If you haven't heard it before, well, you're in for one of the most exciting rides of your life. And no, I'm not that arrogant. I've been thinking a lot recently about identity. I think it's because I had some time off work. I actually went on a work trip to Kenya, came back incredibly ill, um, spent a week lying in bed thinking about identity. Thinking about also this weird thing of juggling different kind of hats, juggling different kind of feelings and be good up there. Don't play about and don't annoy me. It's my children. So um, that's just another of my things I'll talk about in a minute. Um, I'm quite old. I'm reaching midlife. I know you wouldn't you wouldn't imagine it from this incredible physique you see before you. But you know I've been around this church for 18 years. I've been around life for 43 years. I know. That's why I took my jumper off to let you show my arms. See my arms. I have really lovely arms. I've been in my job for 18 years. That's a shed load of photocopying and a shed load of scanning. So I've been getting to think about who am I? What am I for? And if none of you care, yeah, just leave. But you've got about 20, 15, 18, 17 minutes to listen. So just bear with it, okay? John Calvin, who founded the Protestant Church, said, nearly all wisdom we possess, that is to say, True and sound wisdom comes from two parts. One, the knowledge of God. And two, the knowledge of ourselves. He said those two are connected. Without knowing yourself, you can't know God. And without knowing God, you cannot know yourself. So I reversed back and worked out. Let's go back to the beginning of identity. Who are we? What makes us who we are? So I put together my own list of identity tags or identity hats, which I wear. Why is it my list? Well, bear with it. I'm not going to call out your list. It's just my list. But as I go through this, hopefully you might identify with some of the stuff. See, I didn't mention any other word. Some of the stuff that one is juggling some of the identity hats. so no particular order let's start with the factual so i am a man sort of i mean i'm not a gym bunny i'm not a hunter gatherer i'm not particularly wild at heart i'm not alpha male for any of you who don't know me i just thought i'd confirm that i like watching girly romantic films but nonetheless I, i have my moments of manliness whatever that might mean whatever that might mean i'm a husband i try my best to be fairly okay at that been married 23 years there've been ups and downs and we work through and get on with what we do and how we do it we're just about to start some ridiculously titled course called love after marriage which should be retitled into it's great get on with it I'm a father. Hello? Are you listening? Yes. I have three wonderful daughters. But equally, as I drove my eldest daughter to A&E yesterday, I drove like a madman. Because she was having some random anaphylactic shock to some random pill. I didn't know what was going on. She didn't know what was going on. She couldn't breathe. I had no clue what to do. And that's the moment that I thought to myself, you muppet you should have done a first aid course. What am I doing? It's a bit like the blind leading the blind in this parenting thing. I had no idea what was going on. She could have literally died in a VW Sharon. That's not a good way to go, <laughs> even though it's got sliding doors. <laughs> the sliding doors are very useful because you get to her near you, shove her out and Say, guys, deal with it. And then, because I watch quite a lot of Holby City, I walk in going, severe abdominal pain. (laughs) Use knees, LFTs, amylase, group and save. It's not not like that at St. George's. I'm a worker. You could say I'm a workaholic. I, I refrain from that term, but people have said about me I'm a workaholic. And you'll notice that I don't mention what I do. It generally kills conversation not that this is a conversation more of a monologue actually (laughs) I'm a brother remember by the way can you keep kind of echoing in your hearts what you guys are your identity tags they won't be the same as mine just to be clear I'm a brother true but how often do I actually speak to my brothers how often do I spend time with them I'm a dude I'm a dude I just put that in to see if you're listening <laughs> I'm a friend perhaps but that sparks a story which I probably need to tell you which exhibits another part of my character or identity which is directness so I was at a party recently I've been working on my male friendships Okay, I've just been working on them that's what, that's what weird Christians do they identify a hole in their lives male friendships is my hole I need to work on them So I was chatting to this guy about five minutes into the chat. I thought he was fairly interesting. So what did he do? I said to him, I've been working on my male friendships. I'm working on them at the moment. And I was just wondering, I don't have many male friends. Would you be interested in being my new male friend? One of my new male friends. I mean, I think that's perfectly reasonable. It's upfront, it's direct, it's simple, it's obvious, it's what I need to work on, and people tell me I need to work on stuff, I go and work on it. He ran a mile. <laughs> so if anybody there, out there, you got, you know, if you want to be my new male friend, come and apply. and that takes me to more difficult parts of my identity we've had the factual we've had the tags but some of which are wholly subjective but let me tell you about them i've decided not to ask a series of people to come up here and comment on me as fun as that would be for you i don't believe it would be fun for me so if you're at all interested on what people think of me ask some of them later But let me go through the more difficult parts of my identity. I'm pretty direct. And apparently sometimes quite close to the bone. My favorite question when I meet people who are going out, who are sleeping together. My favorite question is, would you still be sleeping together if contraception didn't exist? It is a fantastic opener. Of a conversation. I mean, you obviously have to establish first that they're probably sleeping together, but it's great. Once you've done that, which is a little bit awkward, then you go, hmm, why not? It's a really interesting answer most of the time. I was sitting next to a 70-year-old din- uh, lady at dinner recently, and I just randomly happened to turn to her and said, what does life fulfillment look like to you? And what have you determined to do that you have not yet done and where are you failing i mean that was the first course (laughs) and apparently when we used to run a house group nobody used to look at me because just in case i would ask them one of these questions i think that's unfair i think that's harsh i think that's unreasonable but i think it's probably sensible i'm a churdler Anyone know about churdling? Churdling is the pursuit of jumping over chairs, like hurdling, but with chairs. That's not particularly a negative part of my character, unless you die whilst you do it. I get pretty easily annoyed with myself and with others. But apparently I rarely show that to other people, apart from my wife and my children. Just being honest. Just being truthful. Just trying to be direct about myself. I like to be in control, you might have noticed. And if you haven't noticed, then don't have a conversation with me. I find it easier to talk about difficult things in front of 80 or 100 people than I do in front of one or two. Weird. I cry at each episode of Super Nanny. My favorite film is Alvin and the Chipmunks. I was recently asked to do an interview about the work that I do and I said I can't do the interview because I know that one of the questions is what's your favourite film and I know I'd have to answer it honestly because I'm an honest person and so in print it would say that Robert Bikes favourite film is Alvin and the Chipmunks there's nothing wrong with that I love the squeakquel (laughs) I was caught recently on a plane watching Alvin and the Chipmunks crying with laughter and the stewardess walked up to me and said are you all right sir and i said look it's just alvin he cracks me up every time it's just embarrassing (laughs) i get lonely really really easily and if i'm on my own i solve that by surrounding myself with people i search for people why on earth do we have random hundreds of people living in our house Why do we have 10 sets of keys in circulation around Wandsworth? Because I quite like the idea of hearing a key in the door and having no clue who is about to walk in. I like that because I don't find it easy to spend time with myself. Josh, have you heard this all before? Yes. I try hard, I think, but I'm pretty intolerant of people who write me off as a joker and a muppet. Is Muppet okay to say? I mean, Muppet's a good word. Someone recently asked me whether Muppet is a word that was created because of the Muppets or originally existed, but you don't care. Right. And I still do not understand. Fifteen years on from my father dying, seven years on from my mother dying, I still do not understand how to operate well without my parents. That's the whole disclosing to 80 people thing, just to be clear. Sometimes when people talk about identity theft, I think to myself, apart from the financial piece, goodness me, you're welcome to it. I mean, if you can work out this shit, I mean, sorry, this stuff, <laughs> then go for it. Come back, tell me how to live my life with all, this, all these things going on. You're welcome to my identity. Go, theft it as much as you like. Come back and tell me how to deal with it. Of course, I hear Giles' words ringing in my ears. Giles is in kids at the moment. Robert, this talk is all about you. It's always all about you. You are so deeply self-centered and deeply difficult. And I'm sorry, but I have the microphone. (laughs) I have the Madonna thing going on. It's better than me standing up here and calling out other people's identity tags would be fun though wouldn't it so you're now falling into three categories one one category i'm absolutely hooked this is truly brilliant but how on earth does this relate to anything at all and why do i care second camp i know who i am i'm all right and can completely switch off and eat more donuts the third camp this isn't even relevant I can't believe I came here this morning. I cannot believe that I have foregone sleep in order to listen to this bloke. And so to each set of you, especially the third set, by the way, bear with me. Suspend disbelief for a short while and imagine that you're enjoying it. Imagine that you're identifying your tags. Imagine that there is some relevance to you. And then maybe, just maybe, we'll all go away happy. Let me introduce you to someone whose identity and reactions were the subject of public account, Zacchaeus. Luke 19. Jesus entered Jericho, was passing through. A man was there by the name of Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and was wealthy. He wanted to see who Jesus was, but because he was short, he could not see over the crowd. So he ran ahead, climbed a sycamore fig tree to see him since Jesus was coming that way Four times the amount and jesus said to him today salvation has come to this house because this man too is a son of abraham for the son of man came to seek and save the lost i love this story picture the scene zacchaeus hears that jesus is coming to jericho he desperately wanted to see jesus that's a message version he desperately wanted to see him and in the space of four verses We find out four things about Zacchaeus. Number one, he was a chief tax collector. I love paying tax. I know it's a bit weird. People phone me and offer me tax avoidance programs. And I say to them, is there a program that could enable me to pay more tax? That floors them. Because then we have a fascinating conversation about uses and sources of tax but in those times it probably meant that he would also be corrupt as well because he'd be taking bribes number two he's wealthy and that potentially underlines the corruption put those two things together and you start wondering he's desperate to see jesus he's quite high status within society he's got money why doesn't he just pay for a private audience with jesus It's not what Jesus does. So instead, he decides to think laterally, and we find out two more things. Number one, he's short. Fine. I'm fat. Number two, I'm sorry, I used to be called juggernaut at school, by the way. That was another thing I forgot to mention in my list of tags. I was quite, my dinner jacket, my suit that I wore when I was, that I bought when I was 13, still fits me absolutely perfectly. Just putting it out there. Number one, he's short. Number two, he's sprightly. He's a good climber. I couldn't climb a sycamore fig tree, just to be clear. So the picture of Zacchaeus. Jumping around about a bit, we find out one more thing about Zacchaeus. Not about himself, but what other people think of him. So people muttered, he is a sinner. So we've got this short, wealthy, Tax collector, fairly sprightly, desperate to see Jesus' bloke, who is also a sinner. At least in other people's view. But look at what Jesus did. And you know this story. If you don't know this story, go and read it. But look at what Jesus did. Jesus stopped by the sycamore fig tree and spoke to Zacchaeus directly. And by name. Now, personally, I don't think names are particularly important. That's partly because I don't remember anyone's name. And therefore, I assume that no one cares. It's just another piece of my character, another identity tag. But if someone, out of the blue, walked up to me and used my name, that would be amazing. After I'd checked myself to see whether I was wearing a name label. And if that is someone I desperately want to meet, wow! And not only that, Jesus honored him by saying, I must stay at your house tonight. Double wow. And a lot of hoovering. Do you imagine Jesus is coming to your house? Wouldn't you do a shed load of hoovering? No? Oh well. And then there's the interesting dichotomy the people's reaction he can't go there he's a sinner and then Zacchaeus's reaction he is bowled over to say the least I will give half of my possessions to the poor if I've cheated anyone I will pay back four times this is a life-changing moment for Zacchaeus and Jesus says to him salvation has come to this house not because of what Zacchaeus did but as Jesus said for the Son of Man came to seek and save the lost. Giles, it's so wonderful to see you. I've been doing a talk all about myself. You'll love it when you hear it on download. You better listen to it. Does that make any impression? Does that make any difference to anyone? Do you actually care? Is a Sunday morning the time to actually bother and think about this? Well, for me, I struggle with my identity tags. You may be struggling with your identity tags, the hats that you put on, the stuff that you put on yourself. It may be a chronic illness and all the pain and anguish that goes with that, either of you or of a loved one. You may be unable to manage your anger, which distances you from others. You may be in the midst of a crashingly painful relationship or crashingly painful divorce. You may be unhappy In your job. You may be bored with your life. You may be frustrated with someone else. You may be doubtful about your future. Or you may be just stressed by the beginning of a new term. With all the busyness and craziness that goes with it. Or of course you may be just fine. You may be just fine. But is that just fine in the sense of fulfilling everything that God wants in your life? Or is that just fine because nothing is going wrong at the moment? Is it just fine because you're on an even keel and it feels kind of okay? When you're putting yourself out there for God, that's when the challenge and the excitement starts. And I guess pulling this all together, which must surely be done... Because this joy must end at some point for you. I know you could listen all day. But hey. There'll be a box set coming out later. (laughs) Pulling it all together, it's become clearer and clearer to me. That my life and identity is not about what I think of myself. It's not about the tags that I put on myself. And it's not even about what others think of me whether i actually know or just live in some degree of deep-seated paranoia but what it is about is knowing that god knows me like zacchaeus god knows me by name god knows you by name god chose you god chose me before the creation of the world And if I want to see Jesus, he wants to see me. He will even stay at my house. Whatever others think of me, whatever's going on in my life, whatever I think of myself, Jesus will come and be with me. The question then, if that is true, is what is my reaction? Not through obligation, but because of being blessed by God's mercy and grace and being in relationship with God. Well, it'd be really good to take a leaf out of Zacchaeus's book. A radical and miraculous change. And this isn't a talk about giving. Although if you want to give half of your possessions away, go for it. I'm sure there's a shed load of people in Houston and across Southeast Asia who could do with them. Which they probably couldn't do with my stuff. But anyway. Maybe it's time for some to do this for the first time. To commit their life to Jesus. To say, Jesus, you do actually make a difference. Living for God, living for Jesus is different. In which case, we'd love to pray with you. We'd love to explore this more. We'd love to talk about it more. Of course, you won't talk about it with me because I don't do one-on-one deep discussions. I can talk to 80 people, but not anyone. So talk to someone else. For others, it's about a decision to continue to change, to throw off old habits and identity tags, to change to be even more part of God's plan. It is a new term. We've been in a new building for six months, seven months. Why not do a new thing? For a start, we should get rid of all these rows and all these kind of blank faces. Some sort of drugs at the beginning to give deep-seated enjoyment fulfillment excitement interest i don't recommend drugs by the way for the download that's not a recommendation of drugs at the beginning children no but liberally and lavishly spread god's blessing ask the holy spirit to outpour in your life and give you all that he has for you as james said listen to the whisper Listen to the whisper, and God will rock your world. And to be honest, I suspect that all of us could do with a bit of world rocking. Amen, brother. Take off the old tags. Cultivate new tags. Do something you've always wanted to for God. Just make sure that God is telling you to do it. Can we do that deal? Make sure you're actually listening. Otherwise it'll all be disastrous. That might be quite fun. Who cares? Be honest, open and accountable. Be pioneering and radical. This church pioneers stuff, starts stuff, looks at God's stuff and says, we need to change the world. We need to rock the world and do things Differently because they may need to be done differently or just the same, but do more of it As we sang I will build my life upon your love It is a firm foundation And why 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 are you doing all of this? Because your identity tags are the things that you identify yourself with They're the things I identify myself with It's not how God sees me How God sees me is walking in that back door and saying today, salvation has come to this house for the son of man came to seek and to save the lost. And all we can do is say, give me more. Show me where to go, how to proceed. Let me see how exciting Life can be when we pioneer, when we're radically changed, when we're radically healed. And so you may be here today just in bits. And this may not have helped at all. In which case, this bit will. Because it's ministry time. Get some prayer. Get some prayer. Prayer is the only thing that's going to change anything. All the world, words in the world won't change them. Get some prayer. If you're hurting, if you're in pain, if you don't know what's going on, get some prayer. Equally, if you're thinking, hmm, might be quite interesting. What has God got in store for me? What does the next term, the next years, the next 20 years look like? 20 years, whoa. Then get some prayer. Find out. Walk with God. Take Jesus' hand. For today, salvation has come to this house.